and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for October 8th through November 7th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Before we begin, I want to thank you all for being a part of the Moonwise community, and I'm excited to announce that I've set up a private Facebook group called Moonwise Sisterhood to continue the conversations we have on this podcast. I know Facebook can be a scary place to visit these days, but if you're on that platform, I welcome you to join. You can find it by searching Moonwise Sisterhood in Facebook and answering a few short questions to be admitted. I will also be inviting everyone who's currently following Moon Tent Co. on Facebook. I can't wait to connect with you all there. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorote. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to talk with you and our gorgeous listeners. Well, it's a very interesting time, and I feel like every time we get, get into our lunar forecast, we are thinking about our current collective situation and we're kind of wringing our hands about politics and it just seems to get more um, textured for us all here. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today about what this moon cycle holds for us. And in particular, we were really happy to get feedback from some of our listeners who were interested in learning more about the Venus retrograde that's happening this month. And so we'll talk a bit about what Venus is and what she represents and how that will affect us through this retrograde, both personally and collectively. When you talked about the politic, I mean, we feel this so strongly in what's happening right now. And also, um, we're going to be moving into that time of um, the election as Venus is still retrograde and actually this lunation. So it's a really um, transformational Uh, interesting and I think potent uh, new moon that we'll be talking about. Well, Susan, would you like to start by talking a bit about this new moon that's happening now, and then we can dive deeper into Venus and Venus retrograde? So this new moon in Libra, Libra, when we think about Libra, as we had talked a little bit about last time, it really ushers in the fall. So that fall equinox. And from the medicine wheel, it's a time of the West, It's a time that we start to have the information from the year, and it's a time of waning. It's a time where the release is really gentle in the sense that if we think about all the blossoms, all of the harvest, all of the fruits, and um, everything that's coming off the trees or um, anything that's been in the ground, you know, it kind of relaxes, it's easy, it just releases itself because its growth has come to fruition. And so it's a time when, as we look at the harvest and we start to really explore what is it that we grew over the course of the spring and what have we grown over the course of this year? Um, What is the value? What can we hold on to and retain? So kind of like if we use that metaphor of canning or drying, you know, this would be a time of saying we're preserving what we grew. We're making, you know, it's the wisdom in a way. Or are we going to hold those seeds for another generation and even go deeper? On the other hand, there's a lot of elements to it that we say, you know what, we are going to send it into the compost. We're going to mulch it. We're going to let the earth take it. 
So that it's a it's a time where we're starting to naturally ease into that. The depth of it being, of course, when we get into you know November and December. Um, so when we think about that waning time anyway, we always think about Libra. And Libra is um, after the equinox where it's that balancing and equality, ushering that in. Um, Libra is um, ruled by Venus. And so Libra is really interested in not only how we love, but how we express our love, how we express our value. How do we share um, this journey of life? And so it's all about relationship. It's about equality. Um, it's about diplomacy. And one of the key words that I really think about with Libra is the aspiring to integrity. Uh, Libra asks us to be in right relationship with ourselves and with all our relationships around us. So when we start to look at what Libra is asking of us, it often says, you know, what is in and out of balance? When we talk about sometimes we say our we feel out of balance in our relationships, it's a, in a way a mirroring back of what might be out of balance within ourselves. So sometimes what is asked of us with, with when we're looking at Libra, when we're going into a new moon with Libra, is taking that inventory around the status of relationships, resources, because it also, um, you know, with Venus in mind. And it kind of says, what have we um, maybe over accommodated for others in because we value other people's affections. And certainly if we're those kind of people that were really reading the tea leaves or maybe we're afraid of, of people leaving us or we have old issues around that, um, then we're going to be a little bit leaning too far into kind of also being very sensitive about trying to understand where we are in the context of others, but we don't sit enough into where are we within ourselves. So Libra um, also asks us to just kind of take stock about that. And with the rebalancing, it's also saying in inviting us to make the world a little bit more beautiful because Venus loves things to be beautiful. And not only beauty outside, but beauty inside, that intrinsic sense of the emanation of of our values and the emanation of what matters to us. You know, so Venus really um, rules all of that. She is that goddess. So, but Venus is, is really holding up this sense of, kind of reminds me when Syl Sylvia Plath, for those of us who read her um, quite a bit, she would talk about the dark hidden parts of ourself and then the parts of ourself that we would bring out into the world. So I often think about Venus as, um, and Libra being the, the expression of that Venus, you know, out into the world is like that sense of how do I bring my best self out? And then that inner part is sort of, but what lies within and at what cost? So that sense of that's when that dissonance of us being out of balance with, whether we call it the dark side or the shadow, or certainly with the feminine, Libra is that time of saying the scales. So we think about the other key word for uh, Libra is justice. And so many of us have been seeing these memes with um, everything that's been going on right now with the courts. I mean, the Supreme Court and who sits on the court and are they impartial and are they keeping up the balance of the scales of justice? And then we think of Lady Liberty and it's sort of like this extraordinary um, expression of the Divine Mother that was plunked into, you know, the ocean here to say, this is the first thing you're going to see when you enter the gates, like, you know, the, like the Virgin Guadalupe or, you know, whatever we might say is the keeper and the holder of, 
you know, the light, the mother when you come. And so uh, that sense, many of the the memes right now have been these illustrations of, you know, um, Lady Liberty with her hands in her, with her, you know, her hands in her uh, lap, you know, uh, her head in her hands, you know, just like crying and grieving over the fact that we've lost our equality, we've lost our justice, that we feel that it's been, it's been compromised and devalued um, with what we really care about and what our ultimate and what we protect in terms of our who we are and how we uh, live our lives. So what is the code of conduct, so to speak? Libra's really interested in that. So with this, um, you know, with, with the symbol that we're looking at right now culturally, the symbol that we're looking at in America, the courts, the highest courts, who will hold up the mantle and the mandate, the mission that we created about opening our gates and under what circumstances and being the refuge and being all that we assembled with when we came together as, you know, from the colonies and when we came together uh, and then we're looking at, you know, with um, the day of the new moon is is Columbus Day. And we're also looking at the way in which we need to abandon that and we need to restore as a part of that who we really are and what's our original story here. Go deep inside of that. So Libra is not only love and light. I mean, Libra really is about let's look and restore and then maintain what this is really about. So it's kind of, again, this segue into um, what is really happening right now in our culture and the profound um, call to action that this um, retrograde of Venus, which rules Libra, is really asking us. And as we go into the new moon, um, Venus has already gone retrograde two days prior. So we're already um, walked through that gateway that will be very, very significant and prominent through this lunation. And so for those of us who may not know a lot about Venus and what she represents, I've heard you talk a little bit about love and relationship, um, but can you frame sort of what Venus is and then um, how that retrograde might be influencing us personally and collectively? Sure. Um, And again, I would say anybody who wants to learn more, just just keep exploring because Venus is, I, I was just um, in uh, in France um, recently, and so I, I had this real hit in all of these different um, uh, statues and paintings of Venus. Everywhere I went, there was Venus in all her different forms. And it was really fascinating just to see the different ways over culture and over time, just like Quan Yin, when you look at, you know, the different dynasties, you can see different images and different expressions. And so with Venus as well. So Venus is such a big inspiration with our mythology, with our contemporary songs, with our, um, and and then in terms of even in astrology, uh, Venus is really, really quite um, inspiring. And so when we think about that, the goddess of love, well, of course she's inspiring, uh, you know, because she's ruling our heart. So Venus um, is so much more than romance. Venus is about literally the epicenter of our human experience, our heart. So Venus represents, um, you know, uh, this sense of what is really when a lot of people say, how do I feel my calling? It's like, well, you got to go into your heart. The heart holds the passion, the desire, the um, energy you know, the energy that we act on is the yang, you know, the two act, but Venus is the real uh, expression. She is, so she's that which um, inspires us, the muse. Venus is our inner feminine nature. 
Venus is the goddess. Venus is also because it's the brightest star. You know, it's a planet, but the star. So it's often easy to see and quite magical. And also because uh, it has this other mystical quality of becoming the morning star and returning to the evening. It's felt to be the queen of heaven when she's in the evening. And then when, you know, she goes into her descent, which is also that retrograde, she goes into underground. She becomes invisible for a period of time because she sort of combusts and joins the sun. And then she moves back out and she rises as the uh, morning star or the bringer of the dawn. So she's so, even from that, it's such a dramatic story. And so when we think about us moving in that way, our Venus descending, our Venus rising, that's exactly what's happening with the retrograde times. And then the retrogrades, even though they come every 18 to 19 months, they last for 40 days and 40 nights, which has a real biblical connotation about going through you know, a, uh, a desert, going through a journey and coming out the other end. So that's really significant uh, in that way. But it's all connected to this pentangle of the way she moves through and creates this star through the, an eight-year cycle. So that's another significant quality when you keep thinking about, my goodness, how much more exquisite every time we, we think about Venus, does she continue to mystify us um, in her movement, her presence and her movement, her dance. So when I think about Venus, again, it's this inspiration over the course of our lifetime. And then the influence of culture on that, how much the signature of culture and who's writing those stories of culture, which is, again, why I really love looking at um, the ancient stories of the mythology of Venus and Venus holding court as she is in her different forms um, in inspiration around the goddess, in, in inviting us to reclaim. And then we're able to own our own uh, image and identity, for, but from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. Uh, so that then that's the bigger shift. And not only our vision, I think our image in this time right now, but also um, our voice and, uh, and our, our agency, right? I mean, it's a, so a lot of that is going on right now. So, um, you know, the more we think about Venus, we really see her as a, as a muse and an inspiration. And um, at the deepest, most centered part, informing us of um, what is really important in our lives. So it sounds kind of perfect that in this political cultural situation we have ourselves in here in the U.S., especially as women, that Venus is going retrograde now and that it's almost like we're building power to rise again. <laughs> I mean, it sounds corny, but it's kind of a perfect match. Without question. And I think, um, you, you know, you nailed it. I think that because this particular um, retrograde, we look at what is the sign that she's retrograding in because that's going to deeply influence the experience of it. And so um, she's just like I said, we're, you know, this is coming at the fall. So that's already a darker time, meaning just we're, we're moving into the, um, the understanding of what we've like, how do we how do we sort out what we've learned? And from that learning, how do we derive wisdom from it? And how do we derive action from it? Because she's now saying, okay, we went through all this, this um, unveiling and being stripped and, you know, kind of moving through all these different journeys. And now I want you to really understand what you've learned. And I want you to understand what that means for your future. 
like what you really are holding on to and how you're going to create this new, like we say, this new value, operating value system, operating, upgrading, you know, uh, all of what we really care about, what we mean and what's worth living for and what's worth fighting for um, as individuals and as collectives. And again, the feminine rising. You know, we've been talking about this, you know, for, for a long time about the the um, need for women to take the power back. Um, and yet we're seeing with this last vote in what's just happened with the court um, system that it was a woman who ended up voting in more of, instead of dismantling all of, of this um, imbalance of the hold for women in their own uh, reproductive rights and in equality and in being seen and heard for also the expression of, of owning our sexuality and being understood for the patriarchy and all of the um, awful things that have happened and, uh, you know, the assaults and uh, everything that, that we've been silenced. So uh, in that way, we it's it's just a very complex kind of time you know, that we're really looking at, which gets into our ancestry and all of us, um, every single one of us, uh, understanding, you know, how to, um, with consciousness and with integrity, again, signature of Libra, move forth and move forth as a collective and move forth individually in our lives. So it's really intense. When Venus goes retrograde, like I said, we had, you know, and Venus is, um, is kind of committed to holding up the integrity and the light and in that way, that form that Venus holds when she's direct. But when she goes retrograde, it's kind of like the rose-colored glasses goes off, you know, because Venus is a romantic in some ways. You know, Libra is very much a romantic sign. But the rose-colored glasses go off, and she says, you know what, we have to go and strip ourselves from what we've gotten over-attached or lost ourselves um, or become too acclimated to or too, in, you know, too in the spell of and we need to find ourselves again. So in uh, in the retrograde cycle, it's the descent and then the rising. So like I said, she goes from that evening star, all she's in completion of her cycle, and she starts to go in her descent. And it, you know, in in the first phase of that, she when she meets the sun, it's as if the sun. Um, she she just becomes invisible in the light of the sun and becomes that solar experience of light. And then as she takes that. And so it's a re-engagement with light as she goes into the dark. Like we talk about that soul retrieval, we have to go down into the the darkness and then we come back up restored, re-enlightened. So she's in 10 Scorpio, she goes retrograde. And um, Scorpio is the deepest uh, water sign that all of the signatures to Scorpio have to do with um, fearless kinds of inquiry around um, power, around control, around um, resources, money, sex, um, all the things that we might, what are we investing in is what Scorpio wants to know. What do we merge with? And do we get lost in that? Do we become the ones that that overbear others? What is the, the nature, you know, Scorpio is, is um, the deepest feminine sign. So in that way, uh, with Venus and Scorpio taking us in for this retrograde, um, she's really saying, I uh, want us to look very deeply into what your connections are and want you to go into solitude, want you to really look at old betrayals, 
um, abandonments or promises that we've had, um, beliefs about relationships, value, worth, money, um, you know, the financial situations. Are we under? Are we in charge of? You know, all of those different inquiries and, um, you know, is, is really comfortable in the dark. So it, it, it's, a, it's quite um, a compelling kind of journey that we go into when we're going into Scorpio with Venus and Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio also has a, um, it's a primal quality. Scorpio can also have to do with jealousies, envy, you know, all the things that we don't like to talk about. We don't believe we have, but they, when we're disconnected from it, they own us. Because we just don't um, have clarity about our own worth and value. We're always trying to stalk a sense of how to get into the game rather than understanding we're beyond the game. And to just, you know, kind of get to the business of sharing and developing and um, excelling in who we really are. So, so the key word, like you talked about, is power. And uh, that's what's being asked of us is to reclaim our power. In, in as you know, if we say it in an earthly manner as women, but it's also in in that sense of the restoration of the feminine, and going even further. So in this timing where you know everyone is is really feeling so deeply the rage of, uh, and again, that's not every woman on the planet. There are a lot of women that feel very differently about what's going on. So it's it's understanding that we all have our own experiences of it, but we're holding tight or we're breaking free you know, bearing down. But it's it's kind of a bottomless um, sign in that way, you know, as we talk about Scorpio. And so it will really take us into the shadow, the shadow of the feminine. And I think if we if we can overcome our fears about the shadow and really understand that in the shadow is not only um, more of the things that we get afraid of looking at regarding ourselves because we have so much shame and so much culture you know, around feeling ashamed about uh, things that we might find as it relates to to uh, our exploration around possessions and power and what we feel we um, wish to explore and merge and understand. Um, but in there, we've also, like any other soul retrieval, we find what we've lost uh, in the dark, which is some extraordinary gems. And I think as we're also picking up the threads of our past lives, picking up the threads of uh, ancestors or guides or elements that we really um, feel are absolutely essential in understanding who we are moving forward, uh, you know, it gives us an opportunity to do that, as well as going very deep, uh, like we talk about in the fall, is an opportunity to grieve. And so I think to really understand if we if we come up with and we understand that that things that we contributed or things that we had experienced to us, like even memory that we have the, about things that happened to us that we need to grieve and we need to own and we tell our story or what we contributed to in our mis, uh, misunderstanding of power or on behalf of our ancestors, um, you know, when we're really um, taking apart what we've come to understand, all we can do is own it and grieve it, and learn from it, and then decide how we're going to participate and carry into this world of integrity and world uh, that is being asked of us to move forward, you know, in a lot of ways. So this whole lunation and this whole retrograde, I think, is is really, um, you know, got a lot of, of themes to it um, in that way. So I think in, in that 
uh, as we begin the process, I really encourage everybody to start by taking an inventory around what have we learned for the year so far? What have we, as we talked about in terms of, you know, what did we harvest? We talked about that last time a little bit, but what did we harvest? What is worth savoring and keeping and archiving? What do we want to mulch and release and let go of? But also, what am I open to learning and embodying, you know, as I move through the cycle? And as we enter the Venus retrograde transit, what would we like to cleanse? What would we like to resolve? What would we like to get direction or shift in some area of our life, especially related to intimacy, finances, self, body image, worth, goals? I mean, this is pretty big stuff, but that's all connected uh, into, you know, Venus and Venus, the combination of Libra, Venus, and um, a retrograding Scorpio is really taking us into that because that's also thing is embodiment. So when we look at body shaming, when we look at that, that sense of um, intimacy and how we feel about intimacy and our own um, discomfort with intimacy or our overattachment, right? It's all con- has to do with merging power and control um, in all those different areas. So what would be our hope that we'd want to resolve or gain direction as we move into the retrograde cycle? And how can we see also these themes, not only in the individual level, but the collective level, with the disruption of status quo, the secrets? You know, um, Scorpio is very secretive. It's very blunt, and it's very secretive. So we can also find with this intergenerational kind of process of women, cultural attitudes about women's bodies. What constitutes beauty and sexuality and value? Can you see this in your family? Can you see this in your worldview? What is this like in yourself? Like we, you know, we talk that a lot about, you know, that um, you can't separate politics from our spirituality or from our own individual psychology or from our own goals. I mean, it's all, and it couldn't be more in our face right now. And so, like you said, I mean, that's, to me, the mystery and the exquisite. Um, I always call my favorite my favorite term for whatever we would say about the invisible realm or a God consciousness or whatever we believe in is great mystery, because we can never get our arms around how this all comes forth, the patterns that are in play. You know, so as we go into the retrograde, this is really, I think, you know, we couldn't get bigger themes and the death and the rebirth. And for those of us who are listening and we want to make the best use of this time that sounds really rich and really deep, do you have recommendations for other practices or things that we might do after we take this inventory that you've talked about? Um, I think that the kind of um, boundaries that we need to have right now are really important. And those boundaries um, have to do with strength, strengthening of boundaries. So I would even say in the morning when you wake up, imagine, or you could even create in your home or you could create it if you have a little garden. I would create, um, I, you know, a, to be honest, I would create a circle and, and like create a little circle of stones or if you've got your crystals that you really care about or I know you're living with other people and they, including animals that could move the stones or whatever it might be or just somehow just imagine that as you step on your, uh, you know, in the morning you're, you're creating, you know, a sacred hoop around you. You're creating a circle like your auric field that's holding you 
And you just imagine that you've got the strength around you uh, and the protection uh, so that you can feel a containment as you're moving through all of these energies and changes. And a containment that isn't rigid, a containment that moves with you, but one that gives you a little insulation from everything. And, um, you know, depending on how you're feeling, you could also, you know, kind of create the strength of what we're talking about right now, uh, which is sometimes we think about, um, you know, wh- whatever comes to mind that you might think is a, has got a protection and a quality that you can move through the world, uh, gathering your power and gathering a sense of movement with that. And um, it's certainly a great time, I think, from the physical embodiment point of view of uh, learning a new practice. So whether it's something that is, you know, could be even a different, if you are do practice yoga, I would say more like a kundalini yoga or a yoga where it's slower or even like the Brazilian capoeira or martial arts or something where you're really also using your voice while you're moving. Um, you know, I think is really important. Um, or, you know, even just doing some, you know, dance every day that you just put on some music and and, um, and really use your voice with it. Um, it. Again, normally in a Venus retrograde, we might not feel that, but I do think an, a, a physical embodiment practice is really important because we're going and moving energy so much in that sense. I also think um, continuing to journal and every day asking, what am I learning? What am I discovering? What is uh, re- revealing itself to me? Um, keep the timeline up in some way so you can start to get a sense of that. Um, and the other thing I want to say about these timelines is that, um, so as we talked about in this new moon, we're always planting seeds. So I want you to think about as you plant your intentions for this month, understand that they're going to be um, really transformational. So Venus is going direct on November 16th then, so it takes us straight through that election time. Exactly. And so the thing, I, that what, I, what I always think about again is that that process of the descent and the rising. So some part of our inner um, feminine nature goes through a descent, a recovery, and a rejuvenation, and a re-enlightenment. So you know that saying, I think it's attributed to Rumi and Shakespeare, you've seen my descent, now watch me rise. You know how powerful that is, the you know the phoenix rising from the ashes and the rebirth coming, launching out of the dark, like the, the ambers that are still alive or that coming out of, and the ascension, we come out with a new cycle beginning. So we see how potent and powerful this is for us as individuals and um, for us as a country and for us as a world. So I think it's quite significant, even if we think about coming up from the earth and all that the earth, you know, and how the earth is synonymous with the feminine, the embodiment, you know, and this, um, the integrity that we need to walk forward in reclaiming our dedication to the feminine, to the mother, to the earth, you know, all of that connection that is coming forward um, as we come out of this retrograde. So yeah, it's the solar feminine. It's the lunar feminine. It's the solar feminine. It's the star feminine. It's just an extraordinary time. And as you start to see what the patterns uh, that go through individually, I'm saying to every single listener, um, I can only wish that you um, see these patterns, these invisible patterns that start to come forward because they they really inspire us. The other word I actually don't know if I've said on the podcast, but I think it's the very most important word that Venus um, is really all about is love. 
you know, I think I mentioned it, you know, casually in The Goddess of Love, but let's look at it again then after I just said all this. She is the friggin' goddess of love. And she's saying, we have to move how love compels. But the love that is the depth of our being, you know, not a superficial love, which is why we have this Scorpionic process going. Scorpio saying it's got to be deep. It's got to be what we will put on the line. It's what we sacrifice everything for, but only for what's worthy, not this, not what we've lost ourselves in. We have to find ourselves and then lose ourselves. So the ecstasy that we feel on any level, it has to be out of the most sacred, worthy part of ourselves. It's the only way. And that's what's being asked of us. This makes a lot of sense to me right now because as we you know, feel this rage and feel this disappointment, um, it feels like the only worthy actions are now to benefit our young women and our young men. What is the world that we want to build in which they can feel safe and cared for? That's who we love and that's who we're doing this for at this point, it seems like. Yes, absolutely. And so the other practice when you asked about is, so we, I would say as you start to move through this, the other thing I didn't mention is that with, um, with Venus retrograde, there's always um, an old relationship, whether we dream about it or um, they come pop back in our lives um, because it's reviewing what we've left unfinished. They can be power plays because of the scorpionic feature, domination, passivity, like I talked about, the jealousies, regrets. Don't be afraid without any judgment, but a lot of honesty to confront your beliefs, the thoughts that perpetuate old myths about yourself. And the other practice I would say is shred them, burn them, like just do something with them, let them go really dramatically. I mean, that's, you know, just act it out, write about it um, in that way. And as you're moving through this, and we're going to revisit this as we get together on that new moon, um, it's a beautiful time to write a new code of personal honor or vows at, uh, for your heart and to strengthen your new values for yourself. So creating personal mantras, simple phrases that embody and encode these new patterns into remembering our heart and soul alignment, because this is a, an encoding, right? So as we're, really, we're letting all this come up, we want to encode what the new value system is. That's what Venus cares about. Otherwise, we're perpetuating the old. And we want to write at the very end our own mythic story, the next chapter of this encoded, actualized, sacred, feminine self. How gorgeous is that? I, you know, that's where I'd say I just want us to all come together and do that. Like, you know, come together and then read them. You know, Dorothy, maybe we need to do that. Maybe we do a, need to do a Zoom call where we we do that and then we all read them together so we can be bear, bear witness or we get our, I don't know how we do it, but I feel compelled as I'm talking to you spontaneously to say we need to be witnessed in this, um, in this extraordinary new mythic story that we're writing for each one of us and for the collective. And that we can hold with a lot of inspiration, which is what Venus, she wants to be our muse. So as we go through all this shit, we can then get really inspired and, you know, enlightened. Well, my heart is just a flutter thinking about this. And I already had a whole image in my mind of like, Ooh, this mythic story I would want to tell about myself in the next chapter of my life. And what it really brings up to me is the idea of being our own muse. We often think like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, my son's my muse and he helps me be creative. And I'm like, wait, I could be my own muse. <laughs> 
Um, that is the ultimate point. And that's the whole notion of the gurus. There are no gurus. There are no, you know, that notion of leadership. Um, we all, it's like comes down to everybody's vote. It comes down to everyone being our own muse. Everyone has to self-animate, self-teach. Uh, at the same time, we need to, when we talked about, you talked about the you thing of the culture, like we're giving everything we do in the spirit of our ancestors yet to come. But I want to tag in that. We also need to do it in reverence for those who came before us, our elders, and even the ones that we feel really out of balance with. They're wounded. They constructed what we birthed into out of the wound because they were disowned and disavowed of their power. So we have to keep compassion as we're burning it, as we're releasing it, as we're unwinding from it. Do everything out of the appreciation for what everyone's been through. Um, and leaning back into these the old ones, the ones that we are so, they're beyond our, our the knowledge of the books, they're in the stories, they're written in the stars, they're what we feel like when we when we do our meditations and you know they're the they're the star ones. So uh, bring them in and um, and let them also be and they can be our past lives. Those are also our muses that we're feeling things from. So a hundred and ten percent that's that's the other key to this whole process. So that's why I love, it's hard work, I'm telling you, and it's painful, but don't get scared by it because what you're going to come out of it, it's the lotus out of the mud. It is the most beautiful journey. I'm just in love with it. I'm, I may because I'm a Venus rising or something, but, you know, Libra rising, I should say. Um, but I, I just say, let's own this uh, cycle. I love it. Let's own it, listeners and everyone. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Susan. This conversation was really inspiring. And so I think hopefully others are feeling that way that we tapped into that Venus feeling of inspiration and um, just inviting everyone to be their own muses this, this coming month. Absolutely. And you're such a muse for us, uh, even though we just said all our own, because you provide a platform for us to gather and to, um, and to connect. So thank you for for doing this. Thank you, Susan. And for everyone, anyone who's listening who would like to learn more about your work, can you tell us a bit about where people can find you online and anything new that you are offering? Thank you so much. Um, well, one way, if you wish to email me, is emailing me at susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. I also provide updates um, and connections through Facebook, Everyday Medicine Woman, and um, on my Instagram page, which is Susan Lipschutz. So that those are ways to reach me. I'm 99% sure that by around the 15th of the month, we will be able to have registration open for our spring Mother's Day weekend, which will be in Santa Fe. And so that will be from Thursday through Sunday. And it's going to be, um, the, the theme is about remothering and remembering who we are together. And so it's called the power of the circle. So we're really moving into the spring and that will be in Taurus. So think about six months from now, we'll be um, doing that Venus work again, but uh, during the sign of Taurus in circle, in nature together. So uh, I just encourage everyone to keep it on your calendar. Awesome. Save the date, everyone, and we will keep you posted when registration goes live. Well, thank you so much, Susan. 
Um, wishing everyone a wonderful month and thank you all for tuning in, for sharing these podcasts, for recommending them to your sisters and your colleagues. And I recently heard people are recommending the podcast to their mothers. So I'm just overjoyed to welcome you all and to continue building this beautiful sisterhood. For listening to the show. I really felt inspired by Susan's suggestion that we each write a mythic story of our lives and share them with each other. So as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I've set up a private Facebook group called Moonwise Sisterhood, where we can share our stories and experiences. Each moon cycle, I'll post a prompt for us to write, draw, or share so we can witness each other. This month, the prompt will be, imagine you are your own muse. What is the mythic story that you want to tell about yourself in the next chapter of your life? You can join the group by searching Moonwise Sisterhood in Facebook and answering a few questions to be admitted. I'll also be inviting everyone who's currently following Moontent Co. on Facebook. I'd also like to invite you to join our growing community on Patreon, where you can get access to bonus offerings related to this episode and other treats. This month, I'm sharing a few goodies, including an audio excerpt that didn't make it into this podcast, where Susan dives into the divine map of Venus retrogrades from 2010 to 2018, and how you can view your own sacred timeline during those years. I'm also sharing an image of the beautiful five-petaled orbit of Venus around the Earth. It's pretty breathtaking to see. All that and more at patreon.com moonwise. And if you haven't heard our recent episode about awakening feminine pleasure through world-changing sex, I highly recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk with author and vagina practitioner Kimberly Ann Johnson about the intention and purpose of sex and how we can move beyond physical sex into embodied spiritual sex. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.